and one. Welcome back. It is the Brady Farkas Show on a Monday right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Very, very excited for our next guest. It's Dr. Jessica Flynn, a sports medicine physician at the Leahy Hospital and Medical Center in Massachusetts. You can also follow her work in the Boston Sports Journal. Doc Flynn, how are you? I'm doing great. It's, it's great to be talking to you today. Well, I appreciate you being with us. Give us the 3,000-foot view of what your job entails. That's a, a fancy title, sports medicine <laughs> physician. So uh, it's it's really not as fancy as it sounds. Um, <laughs> basically, I, I work in an orthopedic clinic. I see patients, um, athletes of all different levels and all different ages. We fix them up and figure out how we're going to get them back on the field or the court or whatever it is they enjoy doing. So we spoke about nine months ago when I was at my previous station. We spoke about Eduardo Rodriguez. We talked last July. Erod was – it wasn't even announced he was missing the whole season yet, but he was he was battling COVID and then subsequently myocarditis, and it did keep him out all of last year. He just made his first start of the season this past weekend in Baltimore. Nine months later from our last talk, what do we know about what Erod battled in myocarditis? He was actually one of the first athletes, at least one of the pro first pros that really um, publicly sort of announced that, you know, this was something he was dealing with and he was going to be out for quite some time. Um, and, you know, his heart, it was just picked up on testing that his heart, you know, had gotten inflamed from the viral infection, which is common. We see that with a lot of different viruses, not just um, the, cor the coronavirus that, that causes COVID. Um, but his heart wasn't working right. And, and that would have, could have been, you know, a dangerous scenario for him. So the fact that he's recovered and, and clearly, um, he had a pretty good outing the other day, um, you know, it's a great sign and, and we shouldn't expect sort of any, any negative impacts down the road. Well, that's certainly good. Cause that was one of the things we wondered about what the long-term impact of myocarditis would be. Um, does Erod avoid that because he's lucky, because he's young, because he's an athlete? Why does he avoid, you know, what you say is a long-term effect probably? So I would say yes, 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 and yes. I think there's, you know, a little <laughs> bit of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly being, you know, a healthy person with a healthy heart going into something like that is really important because even if you have a little bit of an insult to the muscle, there's still a lot that's functioning very well. But, you know, the reality is every year, you know, some young patients do get myocarditis and have long-term effects where the heart muscle just never fully recovers. Um, I think the fact that he's back out on the field um, is a good sign that he's not one of those people. So I was very, very happy to see it, although a little worried about his dead arm, you know, at, at yeah. initially, um, very relieved to see him on the mound and I mean, to see him out there looking good. Yeah. You know, we hear the phrase dead arm a lot when it comes to pitchers in spring training. What exactly does dead arm mean? Like I was a college pitcher. I never had dead arms. So what exactly does it mean when you hear that? Well, it's funny that you say that because it's not really in, in the words that we use in the clinic either. Um, yeah. So I actually had to Google it at the time because dead arm to me is more like neurologic. Like there's something going on with a nerve and that's causing problems. But what, you know, what they refer to it in pitchers, I guess, it's more just fatigue. You know, the arm is just completely fatigued. The athlete threw too much and just um, it's really weak and painful and needs, you know, usually a few days to a couple of weeks of recovery. But, you know, it's certainly one of those phrases you could use to describe anything. So it was definitely when I saw it announced, it was like, all right, where are we going? What direction are we going in? 
You know, I'll, st- I'll stick with the Red Sox here, and a guy they're waiting to get back is Chris Sale. And we kind of targeted around July, maybe the All-Star break for Sale to come back from Tommy John surgery. That would put him probably at about 16 months recovery, if I'm remembering my timeline correct. If he is back in that time, what can we expect from Chris Sale? I would, ex- you know, I, if, if he's back and if he's really 100% and ready to throw, um, the, the good news is that athletes usually do very well, you know, once they've fully recovered from Tommy John. So obviously something you'd expect them to work him back in slowly. Um, so it will depend exactly what month he comes back, right? How, how much yeah. time he really has to work his way back up. Um, but I wouldn't expect anything, you know, worrisome. I would expect a straightforward recovery and hopefully he can get back out there. Is there an age component to Tommy John at some point? Because when I hear a 19-year-old prospect's going to get Tommy John, I'm like, okay, well, that stinks for right now, but he's going to be pretty darn good, you know, for the rest of his career because most guys don't get Tommy John twice. Nathan Evaldi is is an outlier in that regard. When I hear a 30-plus-year-old is getting Tommy John, I'm a lot more worried. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I'm exactly the opposite. I would oh worry a lot about that 19-year-old, not in the short term. The 19-year-old is going to do great in the short term, but why the heck are they needing Tommy John at the age of 19? And are they going to need it again because they've learned to throw the wrong way? They, they're they you know throwing with too much. They're not using their full body to pitch. Mm. You know What is it about their game? And, and, and that just worries me that they're at risk in the future. Dr. Jess Flynn with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I want to move over to the Patriots now as we're in the throes of Pat's offseason. I am a Cam Newton supporter. I am a Cam Newton apologist. Um, I have said multiple times on this show that I think Cam getting COVID impacted him in a lot of different ways um, from just setting him behind to physically when he came back against the 49ers in Denver, he just looked lethargic. Now, he has said that it didn't bother him, but I'm still saying that it did. Is there any credence to my theory or am I giving Cam too much of an out? Well, you know, at the time, I really didn't give a lot of credence to COVID being the reason because I saw so much, you know, in his footwork and everything else, his decision making. It wasn't just COVID. And we saw it before COVID, too, yeah. a little bit. Um, but I certainly think the timing of it affected his progression, right? Like he wasn't, he's had multiple major injuries and he's never really had that time to sort of progress back. And then he starts with this new team with this crazy new system and he gets sick sort of right off the bat, right? As things were starting to heat up, he was maybe starting to get into the flow a little bit. So I think certainly that could have impacted him. Did it make him play poorly for the rest of the season? Absolutely not. I mean, could he have been cloudy for a few weeks? Maybe, you know, so you you got to give him that. But I do think it could have impacted his preparation and his progress without a doubt. This is going to sound like a horribly arrogant name drop, but I was talking to Doug Flutie at some point at the very beginning of the season, and he said, Cam's shoulder just doesn't look right. He just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. And he was on this back in early October I was listening to Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast the other day, and he had on quarterback guru Tom House, who used to play for the Red Sox, and he said it's not Cam's shoulder. It was Cam's foot that was actually the bigger issue in screwing up his mechanics. You actually um, commented on that, that Patriots Talk podcast post. What did you think of the idea that it was Cam's foot, not his shoulder, that gave him problems? Well, you know, I can't say for sure whether it was specifically the foot, but I can just tell you at multiple times during the season, I watched and rewatched every throw 
um, not just on the the broadcast films, but multiple views on the all twenty, you know, the the coaches film, yeah. and I could not see anything specific with that shoulder. I wanted to believe me, I wanted to find a reason, like why is this happening? But everything was kind of such a mess. The footwork was such a mess. The decision making, the timing, everything was such a mess. You couldn't say there was not one thing that I could say, well, he can't, you know, bring his arm over his range of motion was affected, or he can't throw a long ball because he did throw a few really beautiful long balls. So there just wasn't anything clear. And again, I kept going back to the footwork. So I think Tom's, you know, thought that this could be more the foot and, and because he had such a hard time recovering from that injury, because it was a big injury that affected his ability to, to work on his mechanics and really work on his footwork and be able to throw the ball um, well. So should we be more excited about Cam in his second year? It's given the full off season, held a better conceptual understanding of the offense. And now that he has that, he can go back to the basics on his mechanics. Like I want to be excited. I want to justify my Cam like, can I do that? Yeah, I'm, here's the thing. He's an outstanding athlete. Uh, you know, is he the right fit for that system? I don't know. Um, but I don't think you can get much worse than last yeah, season. Right. So I do think there is an overwhelming amount of, you know, space for improvement. I think this is possible. Again, if I saw something in his shoulder, and I've seen things in other quarterbacks where it's every throw, you can see the same issue. I did not see that in Cam. And so I did suspect it was that or maybe the oblique injury he was dealing with something that was you know connecting the top of his body with the bottom of his body and is affecting his footwork um so i do hope we see something better i think just more time in the system more time to prepare in the off season will be helpful will it be enough i don't know what about julian edelman there was a story that came out the other day in the boston herald about julian edelman's knee and um it appears to be more problematic even than we thought um it said he probably won't be able to hold up for a full 16 games next year or 17 games. What is Edelman exactly dealing with? Yeah. So that article was written by Karen Garigian and she's yep. an amazing, amazing reporter. You should definitely um, follow her, read her stuff. Um, she knows what's going on. She really does. And, um, you know, we've been hearing about Julian Edelman for at least a year now. Um, it does sound like he has, arthritis in that knee and has had it for quite some time. And, you know, took time periods of rest, got treatment, whether it be, you know, like PRP or kind of stem cell kind of treatments or scopes of that knee. And unfortunately last season just couldn't come back um, even after the procedure. So I, this is a process that's going to get worse with time. It's something that we've kind of been aware of and I've heard it from other um, Patriots insiders. And, you know, at some point it will, probably end his career. Will it be this year? I don't know. Like, you know, we're certainly hearing stuff leaked all of a sudden about it and we're not hearing much from the player himself. So it sounds like he's really interested in continuing to play. I don't know. You know, we'll have to see what the Patriots decide to do with that. Her name is Dr. Jessica Flynn. You can check her work out in the Boston Sports Journal. She's always a good read and a great follow on social media as well. So, Doc, we appreciate your time, your perspective. We'll talk to you again at some point down the road. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask you, by the way. Our station is in Waterbury, Vermont. Didn't you get married in Waterbury, Vermont? I did. I got married in Waterbury. We brought um, everyone who came to the wedding. We brought them to Ben and Jerry's. We had yep. it was it was it was a great wedding weekend. Um, it's one of my favorite places. Well, right down the road from Ben and Jerry's, you'll find us at WDEV. <laughs> so, Doc Flynn, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon.
Thanks so much for having me, Brady.